0: So when you're looking at your fixed income allocations, what you want to consider is reducing your duration, you know, buying those shorter term bonds and selling some of that longer bond exposure.
1: Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. Unrest continued to mount in bond markets this week as the cracks in China's real estate bubble grew wider and inflation expectations remained stubbornly high. How should investors manage this risk-off moment? For the fixed income side of the portfolio, Chris Heeks, Matt Montemuro, and your host Mark Reyes offer key satellite positions to gather yield and protect downside. Our experts also discuss premium yield, base metals, and small and mid-cap equities. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit the Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca.
2: Hello and welcome to our BMO ETFs weekly insight call with our team of experts. I'm today's host, Mark Rays, Head of Product for BMO Game Canada. I'd like to thank everyone for listening in today. We really appreciate your time. We're joined today by Matt Montemiro and Chris Heeks, both portfolio managers on our ETF desk. So thanks, Chris and Matt, for joining in today. Good morning, thanks, Mark. Good morning. Good morning, both. Let's get right into things, and I'd like to start with fixed income, where we certainly see continued strength in the Bank of Canada tenure rate, uh, now holding steady over about 150 basis points. While we've talked about that a fair bit, we haven't spent as much time of late on shorter-term bonds, but we do know that advisors are starting to think about rising overnight rates and, of course, how that would flow to, to the short end of the curve. So, what are your expectations through 2022 for short-term bonds should advisors be maintaining or adjusting their short-term allocations thanks
0: yeah thanks mark so september was definitely a, we saw quite the move in, in rates where the Canada 10-year you know continues to surge higher you know i'm seeing it right now in line with the u.s tenure which is which is quite the rally at about 154 basis points you know that's a 32 basis point increase since the end of August. So that's a that's a quite sizable one month move. You know, and as you mentioned, uh, you know this increase has happened with basically little to no movement in short term rates. You know what we're seeing here in the market is is a bear steepener. So short term rates remained locked with Bank of Canada guidance still being that they uh, they they don't intend on making any policy action or policy rate decisions before the second half of 2022. Uh, but the market is saying otherwise, and the market is predicting that they'll be forced to potentially act sooner than that. And likely due to inflation concerns that we're, we're consistently seeing through, through um, CPI data month over month. You know, generally uh, when we do see a bear steeper in the market, it's suggestive of, you know, that higher inflationary, uh, inflation expectations, you know, potential bearishness and volatility in the stock market. So when you're looking at your fixed income allocations, what you want to consider is reducing your duration, you know, buying those shorter term bonds and selling some of that longer bond exposure. You know, that's what we're seeing advisors start to ask about, start to allocate toward, and, you know, it's really coming to fruition in the market. You know, I still View ZAG as a prudent core to your fixed income portfolio, you know, it does provide that total market exposure and, and will help navigate periods of volatility um, with its duration positioning. But I do think it makes sense to start to consider shortening your portfolio duration overall. So, what I would look to do is to complement my core exposure uh, with a few ETFs, uh, which will perform and protect. In the short and the midterm, as we're kind of trying to navigate you know, inflation, we're trying to navigate the the path uh, at which or the speed at which both the, the Bank of Canada and the Fed uh, look to raise rates. So I would consider ZCS, our short one to five years short corporate bond ETF, and ZQB, uh, which is our high-quality corporate bond ETF, as a way to overweight credit. Uh, That's a way to add an extra layer of protection against uh, rising rates, and it would help in shortening your duration uh, from a portfolio level overall. So, you know, ZCS gives you that one- to five-year corporate exposure, uh, but I do like ZQB 2 b here, and, and, and I think it positions very well in the portfolio, given kind of some of the volatility that we, we may see. You know, you're going to be moving up the credit curve. You're, you're going to be investing in bonds that are A-rated and above. You know, And I think it, it would help to potentially insulate your fixed income allocation from some of the downside risks of, of those high beta credit uh, names that could see some widening if, if volatility picks up. No, I would also look at an allocation to ZPR as a as a way to to provide an uncorrelated uh, exposure to the rest of your fixed income portfolio. Uh, it performs very well in a rising rate environment. So, if we are looking and we expect the market seems to expect that mar- rates are going to rise faster than the Bank of Canada has anticipated, so in in that rising rate environment, ZPR is an excellent way to. To play off those rising rates and and provide some of that uncorrelated exposure, and then as well some um, insulation from some of the downside in, in the interest rate uh, risk that you'll have in the rest of your fixed income portfolio. Finally, you know I think inflation again is is that main concern uh, is is one of the reasons why we we are seeing rates um, increase faster than potentially uh, the Bank of Canada has. Um, signaled. Um, so I would look at ZTIP.F, which is our US TIPS hedge to CAD ETF, to provide that inflation protection. Now, as we said, you know, Bear Steepener comes with significant inflation fears. You know, this would help you protect against those fears in, in, in the current market environment. So, you know, when I look at it from an overall portfolio uh, perspective, You know, having uh, a portfolio of ZAG, ZQB, ZPR, and ZTIP.F, I do think that's a very prudent allocation to weather the next 18 months, you know, which I do expect to see significant volatility. As we move to full economic recovery and policy normalization by the Bank of Canada, so that's just some, those are four ETFs that I thought would be uh, a, a very prudent uh, fixed income allocation, and that's where we're seeing advisors really look in, in the short end, kind of looking at that that ZCS, ZQB, ZTip space to to really manage that the the short end of their uh, bond portfolios.
2: Great. Thanks for that, Matt. Lots of good ideas to think about navigating the concerns in, in fixed income. And, and certainly advisors are now thinking more and more about, you know, what does it look like in terms of rising short-term rates? What does that mean to the long end? And probably most importantly, uh, what's the pace that we see those changes at? Now, Chris, I'll come your way with advisors uh, certainly concerned about market risk. Lots of uh, Chinese-related headlines in the last little bit. Uh, Can you give us an update on ZPay, our BMO Premium Yield ETF? How are you approaching the option overlay in this portfolio, and how much equity exposure do you currently have? And to help advisors, how should we be thinking about ZPay in terms of overall portfolio construction? Thanks.
3: Well, thanks, Mark. um, So the premium yield strategy, it's, it's kind of a get paid while you wait strategy. Um, you know, it's over six percent yield. Um, it's been very effective in, in generating that yield. Um, October is one of the most uh, volatile mar- uh, months of the year, and and we have seen that volatility spike up. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, the investor concerns, you know, around China, inflation, tapering, you know, are are are, are seem to be escalating. Um, so you know, this is a strategy that can monetize that. You know, in terms of where to put it in your portfolio. You know, I think it can either go on kind of the defensive side of the equity bucket potentially, um, or more so in that hybrid bucket. Um, but you know, that being said, since inception, if you look at kind of the you, you know the hedged returns, it's about seven percent um, a year, and the volatility is coming in sub six percent. So again, it's it's quite a defensive, lower risk strategy. And it's almost similar to a to a balance fund because we hold a, a portion of equities um, and then also sell puts um, on the other side to generate income. Um, in terms of where the equity is, you know, we hit a low with the market rally. You know, we didn't have um, you know a ton of a ton of equity by the end of that. We tended to you know sell into the rally uh, when as low as about twenty five percent. We started to build it back up uh, with the correction in the S and P. You know, it's down maybe. 7 8% from the highs, uh, looks to be down a touch more this morning. Um, you know, that's up to about 35, could, could get into the low 40s in the next um, few weeks, potentially. And that's, you know, that's really one of the advantages of the strategy is, is that, you know, we'll tend to buy equity when equities go down. It'll tend to sell equity when equities go up. Um, worked very well for the strategy, you know, in covid Last year in March and April, when that was you know very much the direction of the market down and then back up, um, so you know that's that, that's you know a potential scenario that could, we could see this this fall uh, where we where we add to equity, um, but you know regardless we're going to earn you know a lot of income along the way, and uh, you know like I said with the volatility profile the market's increasing, you know, it's been a pretty good backdrop to earn some some attractive yields. So you know the risk is still contained. We're adding to equities, kind of. Um, you know, opportunistically, as some of them, um, you know, have sold off a little bit over the past month. And, um, you know, we'll continue to do that, continue to add income and, um, you know, think it can be a good defensive um, positioning for advisors who, um, you know, are looking to generate some return, but, you know, stay a little bit, um, you know, more defensive, um, but ready to, but poised to buy more should, should markets fall.
1: You are listening to Views from the Desk, a weekly edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. If you're enjoying today's discussion, we encourage you to check out our deep dive episodes where we take you under the hood of BMO GAM's product suite. Check out episode 83 in the same podcast series where Brian Belsky, Chief Investment Strategist at BMO Capital Markets, introduces his new U.S. all-cap strategy. This exciting new ETF, ticker ZACE, ZACE, helps you invest across all market cap exposures to capture growth in companies both big and small.
2: Great. Thanks for that update, Chris. And certainly that ETF is getting a lot of attention from advisors right now as, as they potentially look to reposition and take a bit of equity risk off the table. As you say, October known to be a volatile month. So a little bit of portfolio positioning going on I like to think of ZPAY as, as an alternative uh, exposure wrapped within a traditional fund. So a real a real easy way to reposition uh, that that equity risk mix. Next, we've been getting advisor requests for an update on allocations across the market cap spectrum. Now that we've seen such the, a strong run, you know, come through on, on small and mid-caps, obviously in the back half of the recovery here. Can you provide an update on the mix between ZSP, our S&P 500 ETF, and then through to Z-Mid and Z-Small, uh, commenting on perhaps where you would now consider overweighting? Thanks. Yeah, for sure,
3: and I think it's still, uh, you know, they can still be used complementary. It kind of sounds like it's all the same stuff. It's like US equities, and even their small caps are, are, are bigger than what we would tend to consider small caps here in Canada. But um, we have seen the value of small caps. So just to kind of recap, um, year to date small caps, uh, the Z small ZsML, ETF is up 20%. You have the SP 500 and the mid caps are up about 15. It's been interesting this recent kind of sell-off in the in the SP, um, it's been shared by the mid caps. It hasn't been shared so much from the small caps. I think one of the interesting things happening under hood under the hood is the uh, you know the overall IT exposure. Obviously, IT has been on a you know a mega run the past couple of years, and the sector weighting in, in ZSP of IT is almost at thirty percent, about twenty eight percent. If you look at mid and small, they both have about a fifteen percent weighting into technology, and that's that's certainly been a you know a sector that's been on the radar of, of investors, particularly particularly with interest rates going up. We saw that negatively impact tech in kind of Q one into Q two, and it's kind of looks like it's happening again a little bit this fall so you know it's been interesting that even though we've had a small kind of correction on the S&P so far it hasn't touched small cap too much so you know despite the overall you know conversation of that the first question about potentially taking risk off the table within that risk that you are taking on the equity side you know it still likes small caps um, to mix it in there with with the you know the headline broad beta the ZSP and you know the reason again is a, it's complementary to the to the um, to the S and P. It's more almost more of a, a real world play, you know, kind of old older economy play versus kind of a you know work from home or new economy play. So it's complementary. You know, part of that comes from tech, and you know the reopening trade is still filtering through some of these smaller companies, and you know we've seen them have higher earnings momentum. Um, you know, at the grassroots level, and then and, and stronger earnings momentum can really. You know, help drive equity returns over the long term. So, still like having some exposure to small cap and think it can think it can can, can mix in well with the with the S and P. Um, so, you know, look 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 at that um, if you're you know kind of looking to capture some more growth within the risk that you are taking on equities.
2: Great, thanks for that, Chris. So, clearly maintaining that exposure is something you're recommending at this point. And as we've seen, uh, the returns has certainly supported having a diversified exposure, including those small and mid caps. Next, can we get an update on ZMT, our global-based metals ETF, where we've seen a correction from its May and June highs? Do you view this as an entry point, or as advisors have been asking, are there bigger market concerns at play that would cause you to pull back at this point?
3: Yeah, I think unfortunately the answer is a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think it's both an entry point, but there's certainly there's certainly market concerns at play. Um, you know, in terms of the the pros bucket, you know, I definitely think that price consolidation from the high that you mentioned is is a benefit. You know, ZMT hit a peak of about sixty five dollars. Um, it's about twenty percent off the highs. You know, kind of trading in the low fifties today. Um, You know, I think when you look back to to May when that occurred, you know, it was a little more peak reopening trade optimism. Um, You know, it's obviously a little more uh, tempered now and also kind of offset by other risks. But I I do think that's a pro that we've seen some price consolidation. You know, the big pro, you know, is obviously base metal prices um, are on the rise. And if you look at aluminum, copper, um, zinc, kind of all up twenty. 40, 50 percent, TIN's up 70 percent, so there's strong price momentum within those base metals. You know, copper is probably the largest exposure within ZMT, and and again, it's up a healthy 20 percent this year, you know, and and those base metal prices appear to have momentum, so I think inflation could continue to play a role here, and I think supply chains as well that we, you know, have, you know, we know there's a lot of issues with supply chains. I think both of those can help um, base metals to continue to have that positive price momentum. Um, so, so, again, I think that's, that's your entry point argument. You know, on the con side, if, you know, you had to temper the view, you know, certainly China, you know, stands out, you know, and they're, they're a big user of commodities, including base metals. And we're watching, you know, this China kind of credit crunch play out with regards to um, Evergrande. Now there's another one, Fantasia. There's, a, you know, there's some credit issues there. You know, I think investors are a little bit concerned about how long you're reopening trade can go um you know i think the pros do outweigh the cons so i think the trump card here is that you know china the chinese government will intervene to stabilize their economy and protect their economy and i think by virtue of that i I think the pros outweigh the cons so i think it's an interesting um you know it's an interesting satellite certainly it's a you know it's a higher risk play and, and you know more designed for more growth oriented investors so size it appropriately but you know i think with some of the backdrop this is one that could potentially earn some higher returns. So I think it's, a, it's an interesting one to look at, particularly, you know, quite a bit cheaper than it was
2: a few months ago. Great. Thanks for that, Chris. And just looking at the the flows from last month, I think we're certainly seeing uh, a lot more defense in the marketplace where we, we saw fixed income flows, you know, really take a jump, which is implying overall that advisors, institutions are making a bit of a defensive rotation right now. But on a contrarian side, I think something like uh, ZMT is a nice satellite to have to really capture some of that market growth if, if it does end up uh, continuing in a positive fashion. So with that, that's the questions that we have for this week. So I want to thank everyone for listening in this week. Of course, I want to thank both Chris and Matt uh, for your insightful comments. Uh, for your ideas around portfolio positioning and your your updates regarding the various ETFs that we discussed. Lots of great ideas that we can all take back to our own conversations. And with that, I just want to thank everyone one last time
1: and have a great day. Thank you. To Mark Reyes, Chris Heeks, and Matt Matamiro for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today, we heard about fixed income solutions, including BMO's short corporate bond ETF that can help investors remove some duration from the portfolios. Our experts also discussed the S and P's lesser known exposures: ZSML for U.S. small cap equities and ZMID for U.S. mid cap. For more information about the ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the Canadian ETF dashboard at BMOETFs.ca. That's BMOETFs.ca. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management.